Hello and welcome to the live streamer backstage podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they're using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the tech, the gear and the software that they use to produce great live shows. My guest today is Anna Hill, a professional photographer, live streamer and host of Ecamm Network News and Building Blocks over on the Ecamm YouTube channel. Anna also hosts, produces and directs a video podcast network called Officially Unofficial that features interviews on a variety of topics such as leadership, relationships and entertainment, all with a focus on mental health. Now, we've talked before on the podcast with previous guests about putting on live, hybrid and virtual events and the challenges involved in engaging with online viewers and making those watching at home during or after the event feel included. Well, a great way to do that is to include live coverage of the event in addition to the event itself, by which I mean not just a live stream of the speaker sessions, but rather more of a behind the scenes stream, including interviews with the speakers, reactions from attendees and general coverage, allowing those at home to really feel a part of the event. This is something that Anna is great at. If you saw any of the coverage from People of Video this year, which was sponsored by Ecamm, then you'll know what I'm talking about. The behind the scenes streams that Anna and Fulgens hosted really did capture the buzz and excitement of the event and made folks like me on the other side of the world really feel included. It's no surprise that this works so well because Officially Unofficial is also known for being the go-to behind the scenes production team covering some of the most popular events in their area. So this is certainly something that Anna is very experienced in. I'd love to hear more about what it takes to provide great coverage of a live event in this way. And so without further ado, let's welcome Anna Hill. Hey Anna, great hey. to see you. Oh my gosh, that was a great introduction, Alex. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks so much for, for being here. Really great to chat with you. As we were saying just before, it's amazing that I feel like I've known you for ages, but it's the first time we've actually spoken face-to-face with all of the right. times I've seen you in right. uh, Ecamm and so on. <laughs> so thanks for yeah. being here. If, if, of course, thank you for having me. And it feels like, you know, that's what we say when we meet in person. We're like, hi, how are you? And it's like an extension of the, the live streaming, right? Mm -hmm. An extension of the online friendship. It's just out in the real world. And it feels like, We've known each other forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I think that's the same for uh, a lot of people uh, who are watching and, and listening to this. If they're anything involved in the uh, the ecam uh, community, they can't help but to have uh, uh, have seen your <laughs> smiling face and infectious laughter on uh, ecam network news and so on. Uh, but just for those who are maybe listening and don't know who you are, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your sort of background uh, and um, how that sort of led into live streaming as well. Yes. So I am a headshot photographer and I also photograph events in senior high school seniors. And on the other end, I am a video producer. And the way that I came into the live streaming world was in 2020 when all of us just went virtual. So I used to do, like Alex mentioned, we used to do behind the scenes for events happening in the community. So um, organizations who have an event, especially non-for-profit organizations, will hire us to go and cover and promote their events. We will pre-record it and then we post it online. And then when Facebook started with their, you know, live, uh, live, um, you know, their lives. Then we started doing that as well. The quality wasn't that great back then, but now it's really good. And we, it really, really has picked up. And then obviously live streaming, 
when uh, 2020 happened, that's when I started actually live streaming. And that's when I got Ecamm Live and et cetera. The rest is history. (laughs) And so were you also doing live streaming for other people then? Were you doing some like live events, uh, sorry, live streamed events where previously they would have been sort of in person? Is that something else that you were... (laughs) Yes. So um, we were uh, for live stream until when the pandemic happened, we were doing that. We were doing the live streaming when uh, in 2020, we uh, no, in 2021. Oh, my gosh. The the years just blend in. <laughs> yep. I believe it was in, 20, <laughs> in 2021, we did uh, a live streaming for an event that was usually in person. And then uh, we just did it um, virtually. So that was in 2021. In 2022, we did some behind the scenes for some events and then um, also in person. So we had a hybrid. So we had some for the live viewers, for viewers, and then some for the event itself. Mm-hmm. So it was hybrid. Cool, cool. And mm-hmm. how did you find the, obviously you got a, a long background in, in photography. How did you find the sort of uh, transition from still photography into video? And uh, I know that was obviously pre pre the live streaming, but how, how did you find that sort of transition? You know, I don't, that's a great question, Alec. But I, in my opinion, I, I feel like it's the same um, right. because you're still capturing moments mm-hmm. one is still and the other one is movement but it's still the same you're still capturing moments you're still creating an emotion uh and evoking emotions in your people and your subjects right so um i i feel it's the same it's it's uh it's really yeah i feel like it's the same cool in my opinion cool cool mm-hmm. yeah it's just that there, there is always this uh you know another set of skills required though to be uh on on camera i guess but uh you're obviously a, a natural <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> and, you know yes I, I i do i do like being doing it i do enjoy it a lot uh-huh. and perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about the uh, the shows that you do for for ecamm so there's uh, building blocks and ecamm network news how did those uh, those two things come about Oh my gosh, that's another blur, you know, Alex. <laughs> that's, that's, that's another blur. Um, it was the community. Um, first of all, for those of you who are not familiar with Ecamm Live and the Ecamm Live community, Ecamm Live is, well, the software that we're using right now to live stream this incredible um uh, video podcast, and then you can also use the audio and then transfer it to being a podcast. So we have an amazing community of live streamers, producers, authors, you name it, who live stream. And um, in there, 2020 just went in. We just went in there. I, I wasn't familiar with live streaming. I went in, I met a whole bunch of like-minded individuals who were trying to do the same thing and we all learned together. So uh, with my partner Fulgence, when we met, we both had the same interest. So we both wanted to do a news show. And then uh, we will, um, Fulgence had a little bit more of a background on visuals in designing. And I had a little bit more of a background on content creation and things like that. So we, when that got together, it was like, okay, so let's, let's uh, design. And then we went live in the community with design. They saw us, they saw what we liked. It was something new that no one in the community had actually played with. So that was a great addition to the Ecamm live community and to Ecamm itself. And so then that started. 
And then, then the um, ENN went afterwards because we wanted to show all of these designs that we were creating, which are incredible design inside of Ecamm. And then we wanted to actually apply it. But it would have been a super long show if we were to do that. So then ENN was born, which is Ecamm Network News. And then we were able to put it all together. So we design and building blocks. We show you how to create amazing graphics using Ecamm Live for your productions. And then on ENN, we show you how it actually looks in a production. And then we get to play around with that. So that's kind of how we got started. Well, the thing about building blocks as well, just to add on to that is because... Ecamm's got some great sort of design features built in. You know, you can do great layouts and all that kind of stuff. But actually, uh, that's not what we're talking about here with building blocks so much. It's the the really creative ways that you were using, you know, text overlays and things like that to, uh, you know, use different aspects of the text overlay to create an image and transparency. You were doing some really amazing uh, stuff. So <laughs> I just want to make that clear. It's not just about sort of designing, you know, layouts in, right. in Ecamm. It's actually been really creative uh, about the way that you were doing stuff. I've just loved, I I've never really made videos about that stuff. I always just say, if you want to know more about how to do this, go and see Anna and Fulgens <laughs> <laughs> because you've just got it nailed. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I I kind of downplayed it, but thank you, Alec, for mentioning that. But yes, it's just incredible how you can create with, because if you think about it, um, designs are lines and shapes, mm -hmm. right? So as long as you have lines and shapes and text, then you can create incredible things. So at that point, it's just your imagination and finding ways to make it work. And one of the things with Ecamm is that it makes you do just that. You mm -hmm. need to actually be super, uh, like, it, it just makes you think of different ways that you can accomplish specific design. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's all with text overlays. Yeah. And it, it's been a real sort of inspiration, I think, to a lot of people in the community. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, any, you no. Know, there's too many names to, to mention more really but people like i know dj rob came up with some uh, great designs from it and uh, uh, martin mckenna as well has been doing some uh, great things and you know a lot of people have been inspired by what you've done to think more creatively and think out of the box with how to do stuff so it's been a real uh, you know great addition to the community to have that in there Ah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and nice I think, to hear. Yeah, I think that ENN as well has been uh, great because it's shown people like how to as you said, it was to demonstrate what you can do, but it's been a great sort of way for people to see, you know, those kind of uh, new shows or live coverage shows. Uh, it's kind of like a, almost like a model for, for those. So it's yeah, great additions to the yeah. community. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's just, it's just that like uh, building blocks, like you mentioned, you, you create your design, you make it. And then and on ENN, um, you get to see it, or for example, for for building blocks, you learn how to do that, and then bring it into your show, and off you go. It's gonna look amazing. Your show is looking incredible with in, in, designing inside of Ecamm. Yeah, it's it's just like every time we see a design, we're like, oh my gosh, we actually created this inside of Ecamm, which uh -huh. is a great feeling. Yeah, they, they look uh, look fantastic. I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing 
sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode, where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created and indeed this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel and the reason it's called Take One Tech by the way is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video and as soon as I hit the end recording button the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about Ecamm is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions. And one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks. So once we finish recording this podcast I'll have a separate audio file for me, my guests and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording. That makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting. And trust me when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm <laughs> the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for live streaming, recorded video content or to level up your Zoom game I highly recommend you give Ecamm live a go. You can get a free trial by going to takeonetech.io slash Ecamm that's E c-a-double-m takeonetech.io slash ecamm and of course you can find a link to that in the show notes as well you will certainly not regret giving it a go now let's get back to the show Perhaps we can talk about some of the coverage you've done as well, because it kind of follows on from ENN, really. The sort of, you know, that that sort of theme. The uh, I mean, I talked about the the coverage you did of people of video this year and last year as well, and I know you've covered other, you know, ECAM events. Um, so how do you find doing those sorts of things where you're trying to, um, I mean, I mentioned it in the intro, you know, you, you are a really sort of engaging person. You really uh, uh, have a high energy. You bring a high energy to things that you do. So it does, you know, automatically just boost people's uh, engagement and energy levels with the, the, the live stream streams you do how do you find um you know covering events like this and and keeping that energy up and making people feel a part of it yeah is um in person it's even it's even more energetic like i usually find myself because i get my energy from people mm -hmm. and when people are at events or even at you know people the video as you mentioned they're all there, happy, ready to learn and all of that. And it's like they're recharging me every time someone comes right. in, right? <laughs> and then someone new comes in and I'm like, ah, and then it looks, so it's actually easier to keep the energy up when uh, doing a live event for me than it is on live streaming, right? Mm -hmm. So live streaming, I can be live streaming an hour, an hour and a half, tops two, after that, if there's no people around me and stuff like that, I start right. my energy really, really starts declining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so how I actually love actually, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you're okay. Mm -hmm. 
No, I actually love doing live events. Absolutely love it. Uh-huh. And and how? What are some of the ways then that you uh, you you know you think to for other people who are looking to do something like this? What are some of the ways that you can cover a live event? So what are some of the, the things that you do? Obviously, you know you can interview people there that are you know attendees. But what are some of the other things that you would uh, you would normally do at these the this kind of live coverage? Yeah. So like you mentioned, you have to keep like, depending on what type of event it is and how long it is, you have to, you know, plan it out and see what kind of things around the event, your live viewers and your real live viewers are going to be interested in. So if you're involving your live viewers in and say, hey, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, and you actually bring them in and have them do something, so you give them a job to do, whatever it is, and they feel included, they will give you the same energy, right? That, And then you will be able to bring it to online, right? So you are doing both. You're entertaining the in real life as well as the viewer, and at that point, sometimes it's even better because you get to ping pong your energy, you know, between each other. Mm-hmm. So that I would say, just make sure, um, get familiar with what the, the event is. Really be friends with the event um, coordinator. And then also get to know the surroundings and get to know the people who work at the facility that you're going to be at because you don't know what you're going you're going to need you don't know what you might need and it will be they will be there for you if you already kind of made friends with them so that's way that way you can keep everything because believe it or not um, <laughs> we were people of video and we had it was uh it was really bright it was right during the day and uh the sun is just beating on us and mm-hmm. we you know it was live we, we're like oh my gosh so we're tr- the friend that we made wasn't there that day he promises that he was going to put a diffuser on top of this lattice thing mm-hmm. and he wasn't there so we went and we asked the next person and the next person was like no we're not going to do that. And we're like, yeah, but so-and-so, no, we're not going to do that. And we're like, oh my gosh, who else do we have? So at that point, we have to pull up a lot of strings and like really talk to this person. And it kind of brought the energy down a little bit because it's something that is additional. You were not expecting that. So just, you know, so just make sure that you have a couple of friends in there and because it will affect your, um, your event and, and your, energy to give to your viewers as well as to your real life uh, audience yeah always have friends in the facilities department <laughs> on all of them all the events you have yeah. to you definitely have to <laughs> and that's interesting as well because it's, it's one of those things there specifically with the sun you know it might be something where you go and check out the location in advance but then um yeah the, the sun moves it turns out <laughs> so you know things like that you might yeah. not notice first time around so it's yeah. Like, and actually, when we went to scope the facility, which is another thing that definitely you should do if you're doing an event, whatever it is, you go and check the facilities. That's one of the things we experienced. And we asked, hey, if this cannot happen, we're going to have to move to an alternate location. Can mm-hmm. this happen? And then they, you know, those persons said, yes, it could. Uh-huh. So we set up and then it, and then they yeah. disappeared. It was interesting. <laughs> It was interesting. It made for a great behind the scenes because he was there 
<laughs> on top of a ladder. It was live. And yeah, it made for great footage. If we allow, the, the viewers have fun uh-huh. watching that. And what what are some of the yeah. other things you'd look for then if when you do go and scope out an event location in in advance? What are some of the things that you would do sort of prior to prepare for for things like this? Yeah, so you scope you scope around, you see uh what if it's for example for us for live, we go in and we say, okay, if it's indoors. Um, do we have enough space to set up? Do we have enough space to, um, you know, for everything, camera lights, um, do we have, can they provide tables for us? Chairs, can they provide ethernet or do we have, you know, do we have to bring our own ethernet, which we do every, um, whenever we go to outdoor events, but if they have it and it's great, then we use theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's one thing that you should definitely look into and scope out an alternate location just in case, right? Mm-hmm. So it just depends on uh, the venue itself. So if it's outdoors and it's, it rains, what's going to happen? What's their second plan? Do they have a second plan for that, an alternate plan? And then if it's um, indoors and you just make sure that they know where's the traffic going to come from, right? Is the traffic coming this way? Is the traffic coming that way? Where are the speakers going to be set up? Are we going to be on their way? Do we have, are we going to have to move after? So there are a lot of things that you have to think about that will help you out. And sometimes not even the event coordinator will know that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So the, but the more you know, then the better you would be if events which will happen happen during your live stream and then you know how to kind of think fast and move because you have already scoped out this uh, venue got you yeah i mean you mentioned there about the event organizer might not necessarily have an understanding of this because it might be something that's you know out of the box something different than they're they're maybe used to doing if they're just used to a traditional traditional event so what are some of the things then that uh, that they should be thinking about in terms of you know, having something like a, you know, a, a live stream of the event, you know, giving this sort of behind the scenes stuff, what are some things that they should, they should be considering? Yeah. The event coordinators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so they definitely should be considering, uh, the traffic and where they want the, the production company to be mm-hmm. and what, um, what footage do they want the like what are they going to do with the footage because that's really important and that's something that as a producer you will ask those questions but they also have to know because that way it will be okay they can talk about it and then at that point just when it comes a that might not work or what if we do this this and that right so ideas go back and forth so you really need to know what is it that you're going to be using this footage for and what is that um where is the best spot to set up a production or a behind the scenes because sometimes there's so many people and they might thought they might have thought that oh yeah this is fine and then when you the producer asks questions about okay so where are they coming so what is going to be over here oh this is going to be a charcuterie board <laughs> okay food right food so you don't you don't want to be around yeah. there because you know that's going to be crowded right and then it's like oh what is going to be over there oh it's going to be a bar Okay, so you don't want a bar either. So you want to actually be looking at that, in in my opinion, right? You want to be looking at everything, but you want to be where the thing is happening so you can access people quickly if you're stationary. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, there are are a lot of couple of things to when you're doing a a live event, especially like the ones that we do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, lots of nuances there that people would may, maybe not uh, think about <laughs> if they've not. not yeah, not for sure. Uh-huh. And you mentioned there about like repurposing or, you know, how they're going to be using the content. So, uh, you know, my experience of watching the Ecamm event, for example, was, you know, watching the, the, the live streams of it. But what are some of the other ways that, you know, of people repurposing this? You know, is it something that's made available after the fact or is it something that's in addition? How, how do people, you know, go about using the, the content that you produce on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, the, it, it all depends. For example, some some customers use it to um, promote their event the following year. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, that's something that they have. And then others use it to repurpose the content itself when it comes to, say, people video. The interviews that we did with all of the speakers, then that gets packaged afterwards. And then all of the additional things that we did get uh edit it and then they just package it into this specific course related to a topic that was covered right so they got that gets gets turned into a like mini virtual conference that they can use later mm-hmm. right for that so that's that's one of the the ways that for them that they can use that another for example for behind the scenes that we do a lot of that is for their their next event and then also to say we have so much fun oh my gosh look at this look at all the yep. food we had look at all the people we had look at um you know our gray linens it all depends so like people get excited about different things and this is something that you as a behind the scene producer you can ask what is important to your viewers what is it that you want to see do you want your viewers to see what is important to them? And that's something then that you go on and then you go and you can ask if you're doing interviews as like a red carpet type Yep. and you go asking them. Uh-huh. And the the thing you mentioned yeah. about promoting future events, it's like, it's always the, uh, you know, the ecom stream of uh, people of video, for example, where you see everyone having the, you know, a great time there. That's what gives people the most FOMO as opposed to seeing a speaker on yeah. the stage. So it definitely, uh, definitely works in that respect. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Because you're having fun there. And yeah. that's, that's, those are the behind the scenes that we really love to capture, especially like me. I love to capture the activity and the fun because that's what people miss, right? People miss all of that, especially, you know, after all these lockdown things that we had. Uh-huh. And what are some of the other sort of ways to get engagement? I know you do things like giveaways and that kind of stuff on on live stream sometimes, but uh, you're always coming up with uh, new ways to 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 encourage that engagement as well. So what are some of your tips for, for doing that on, uh, you know, live coverage or just live in general, actually? Yeah. <laughs> so general coverage, we already know our audience, right? We know, uh, so we have to know you, you have to know your audience to know what they're going to like. Mm-hmm. So that is the first step for engagement. Other than that, you just have fun. So you can create games. You can do um, games, uh, trivias. You can, um, we, we sometimes do on our waiting screens, we do video games and we play video games on our waiting screens. So giving them something different to look at that is not whether you, whether you're used to either on your channel or on somebody else's channel that you have seen, you haven't seen that. So they will be like, what is this? And then they start engaging on that. So thinking out of the box and doing something different. Um, We have conversations about uh, current events, right? Topics, things that are um, current events that are relevant to the streaming community, Mm -hmm. right? So we talk about that as well. And we ask and we inquire uh, if they have experienced something like that and things like that. So that's another thing and that is on 
um, live streaming. Mm-hmm. So when you come in person and, you know, it's completely different. So in person, you're calling out somebody. So you're making eye contact like, hey, can, can I kind of ask you this question? Yeah. And they're like, oh, my gosh, don't look at me. <laughs> and then you go like, <laughs> right. And then you you ask permission again by asking if you really think that that person has something that you, you know, is going to answer the way. Then you go ahead and ask by at looking at them again. And then you say, what about what about you? Or um, what? Um, who hasn't? This hasn't happened to anybody, has it? And then you start going like that. So it happened to you, and then you put it out there and ask everybody else, "Has that happened to you yet?" And that's in person, right? Mm-hmm. So it is. It is different, but those are different ways that you can engage, and you can do the same thing. Um, engage that you engage them live and on a live stream and in real life. At that point, you're just looking at them and you're getting their feedback right away. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the same. Yeah, it's always always good when mm-hmm. you can uh, actually see facial expressions rather than looking at a uh, a chat a chat window. <laughs> yeah, much better better idea. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. How about you? Have you done any like live um, uh, live live? Not not so much live like uh, in real person. Yeah, so I've done lots of public speaking on stages, but not live coverage of uh, of events. So uh, it's a I'll be on, on, okay. the, on the other side. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it's usually talking about something where I'm uh, you know obviously talking about a subject that I, I know and sort of presenting on it almost. Um, so it's it's different than sort of being uh, yeah a live stream where you're just <laughs> you know dealing with you know minute yeah. to minute with reactions and things like that. So how do you deal, how do you, how do you ask for permission when you're in person that you're going to ask somebody a question? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't, in the sense where I would have had to have done that, I would have been, you know, on a stage and then, you know, you're asking for people to give their permission just inherently by, you know, people raising the hand or whatever it happens to be. So uh, it's not so much of a... a uh, an issue there. I've never really thought about that so much. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not like it's people... not like being at a live event where you're taking a microphone and basically, you know, you've got to put it into someone's face and you know say, "Do you want to come on this live stream?" <laughs> that, that is a bit of a different dynamic when somebody's on a stage versus somebody in the audience. I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure it is. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you do it so well though. So it's uh, it looks uh, it looks great the way uh-huh. you, you do it. <laughs> Thank you. And what Thank are some you. of the? Yeah, you have to. Sorry, go on. No, that when you go to a, a an event, you kind of like not kind of like, but you do. You walk the room, you see people, mm-hmm. you you greet them, you say hello before they even know what you're doing, right? You're just yeah. saying hello, you're just getting to know them, and then people are curious and they come over. Oh, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? You doing this? You doing that? And then everybody starts talking, and by the time the event comes around, where you have to do you know, interview lives, interviews, they already know you because they already seen you. Yes, yeah. So it's just like, and they're like, it's like yeah, they're happy to chat with a familiar <laughs> <of> face. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And what about from a sort of uh, tech perspective? I mean, we've talked about, you know, obviously making sure you've got a good internet connection, but in terms of, you know, sort of the gear that you, you turn up with, what, what would be a typical sort of setup that you would turn up with for this kind of thing? Yes. So I love my DJI Osmo. I just like, look, I, that thing is one of the, because I, I film a lot with my iPhone, mm-hmm. a lot of it, and the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then when we are interviewing, then we have our professional setup and all of that stuff. But um, for behind the scenes, I use my phone on uh, DJI Osmo, I believe is the three. 
legit as more than three. And my phone. And that's it. Sometimes I get lights. Movie Pro on it. And then that's it for behind the scenes. So if you go to officially unofficial and you check the behind the scenes, vertical, horizontal, whenever I'm saying behind the scenes, that is 80% on my iPhone. That's 80%. cool. And that's uh, that's coming from yeah. a photographer as well. So <laughs> that's, that's yes. really cool to hear. Yes. And a lot of, yeah. And a lot of people don't, don't think that because they, uh, when customers um, call me, they're like, okay, I want this behind the scene just like this. And then I'm like, okay, but what are you going to do with it? Like, how, what are you going to do with it? Because that's really important if they're going to use it for a commercial or things like that, or depending on their usage, you have to, I, you have to capture it on camera. You have to use a DSLR or, you know, a, a, a nicer camera. Mm -hmm. But if they're just going to have it for social media and this is all on social, mm -hmm. all good. So you, for me, it's like, okay, good. And then I goes, yeah, that's with my iPhone. They go, What? I'm like, yeah, it's my iPhone. You have tricks. You know, I have a lot of tricks <laughs> for that footage to look good. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, yeah. And what what about the the, the sort of uh, the you know the other other tech gear that you take apart from <laughs> apart from the phone? Like I noticed with with Ecamm, they'd obviously got a whole booth set up with uh, uh, various different things in there. So, what would that what would that consist of? Yes. So for the uh, for people of video, we had uh, Sony, which Fulgens actually will have the name of the Sony. I think is um, if he can just, I will ask him right now. Fulgens, <laughs> what was the name of your camera? Because that is his camera. My camera here, this is my setup, so I know the setup more. But when we go out on location, we use the Sony, and which he will tell me in a minute. He will probably put it in the comments. And we use um, either a 16 Sigma lens uh -huh. and um, we use a 2470 as well, depending on the angle that we're going to uh -huh. capture. Obviously, we use a Rocaster Pro. Um, for the last one, we used the one. Yeah, right. we have used the, the one for the last couple of them. And then uh, we have... Uh, what we called iPod lights, which is, um, I would say, I really want to say it's the Arlino's. Arlino, you can look it up now because you're Amazon, Alex. So you can look it up. I think it's the Arlino <laughs> iPad, uh, Arlino lights. Fulgence, you can put it in the comments for us too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are that. So that's on location, what we bring. And then um, what else would we bring? The, um, oh my gosh, the Stream Deck. We definitely oh, yeah. bring the stream deck for that as well. That is, you know, when you are doing them, you have to have that. Yep. Uh, I mean, you don't have to, but it's really, will be really nice and will make your life really easy if you have a stream deck. Yeah. Stream deck's and number one for me. <laughs> before, before, for any, real, I mean, well, that and a microphone, it's like for any kind of video <laughs> stuff. But yeah, stream deck's just a game changer. <laughs> right. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that's, and speaking of microphone, we, we use for wireless the uh, road Wireless Go. And then, we use the, oh my gosh, what is the mic? Is the, oh my gosh, I forgot the name. The, uh, the sure Pentax, one. Oh, right, Pentax. Pentax. Mm -hmm. No, it's not the sure one. It is mm -hmm. the Pentax one. Yeah, the wireless. That's the one that we use, the version one. And I believe that's the entire setup. Mm -hmm. How do you find the Rode Wireless goes? I've actually just um, uh, ordered, it's not the Rode, it's a, a small rig. I've come out with a similar sort of wireless setup. So I've just ordered one of those. But how, how do you find the uh, the, the, the Rode? Yeah, so the road is the is is good. 
Um, I do believe we're going to switch to the two because then you can use the microphones with just one receiver. You don't have to be messing around. Got At you. least that's what, you know, Fulgence is telling me, like, yeah, this is what you, we're going to do because this is why. Right, right. And then that way we don't have to mess around with with the two receivers and giving it to the the customers and Mike and them both and all of that. Uh-huh. So, but but right now the the Rode Wireless, they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. I will say you can definitely have a great production. We just did a production today and we used them. Oh, cool. And uh-huh. they were great. Yeah. Yeah. They were really good. Uh-huh. And they also and we used a shotgun mic. Right, right. Uh-huh. And they also record onto the uh, the device as well, don't they? So you've got the, the backup of that. Is that is that right? For the with the road? Or maybe I... that's maybe that's the wireless go two. Maybe the twos do that. Probably is the two because right, right. I don't I don't know. Um I think he sent me I think it's sent me the links. Okay. Oh, uh, um, he he said he added it to the LinkedIn comments. Cool, cool, cool. I'll check that up. Yeah. Was, so Sony <laughs> A7 III and the 24 to 70 uh, for uh, people of video. Got you. Uh-huh. And Rilano video lights. Don't know if I'm pronouncing it. Yeah, Rilano. Okay, <laughs> I was kind of close. I said, what do you say? I said Rilano, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they those lights, um, I... I really, really like those lights because there's, we call it iPad light, but that's not, it's because of the size of it. So it's usually the size of an iPad. Right. And the light it produces is beautiful. It's just nice and soft, especially for us ladies. Um, and then, you know, guys, if you have uh, are producing for ladies, these lights are great for them. And they're small enough that you can, uh, they're portable enough, bring them on location. We have three of them. But most of the time, especially for the people of video production, we only use two. Right. And that was great. It was able to get us and get the entire group. We had a group at one point that was, uh, oh my gosh, I think it was like six people with me. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it kind of surrounded the, you know, the light was pretty good for I, that. I think and I was watching that one with uh, with uh, Doc and Keely and all all of those overall <laughs> all in shot. Yeah, those <laughs> and that was at night, so you see yeah, how yeah, like, yeah. you know, that was Yeah, so those lights are great. There yeah. will be a great investment. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that I think there's a snapshot of that that is now Doc's uh, picture on his uh, his course that he's just launching as well. So it's, it's a great picture with all of you in it. Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, and so, what are the other are are sort of things that when you're going to do um, events like this? Obviously, you're coming out of your studio, going to somewhere on site. What are some of the things that are not necessarily the main tech, like the, obviously the lights and cameras? Uh, you're not necessarily going to forget those, although I've forgotten major major pieces of oh, equipment. For, for. For sure. uh, but what are some of the small little things that uh, you know, the ones that catch people out a lot that you know you need to be make make sure that you've uh, you know you take with you, or, or or the spare sort of things that you take to to cover yeah, you for those that things. So, I would say um I bring personally I bring a lot of sticky notes. Um the gaffer's tape. Right. Listen, bring it, just bring it. Even if you're not going to use it which will you will end up using it, bring it. Extension cords. Uh-huh. Bring them. <laughs> right? <laughs> um extra light uh if if even if you think, "Oh, you know what? I did this before with two lights and it was great." Bring an extra light. Right, mm-hmm. just just have a spare for you, um, and what does it all say? Water, just bring water <laughs> because you, you gotta bring water. And that's also things that it's like okay, it's, it's, you're gonna need it. Bring a snack as well. It doesn't matter uh, because you're gonna get hungry, especially and and you don't and you don't have time to actually eat. So you can just get a bar or something very quickly, and then you're you will be good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what else would I say to bring? That's non-technical, you say, right? <laughs> not technical. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and like things like, uh, I'm always thinking of like Doc would bring, uh, you know, his cables. He's got his little box with all his little connectors and things like that. But it's kind of, it's not necessarily the main uh, things. You know, it's always going to be a cable that breaks as opposed to mm-hmm. the camera potentially. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just bring, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Doc has everything. He has, he doesn't have a little bag. He has a big <laughs> bag. And inside a big bag, he has little bags. Uh-huh. So, and it's great. He has everything. He has everything you need. Oh, yeah, I have that. Everything you need. Okay, I have that. But um, if you're starting out and you just know your event and you know, for example, you had um an event and you're like, dang it. You know, I wish I had X. Write it down and have X in your bag. Mm-hmm. Right. So then next time, oh my gosh, it would have been so cool if I had write it down. Next time, put it in your bag. And that's how you build your arsenal of the things that you may possibly need. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like that. And what's the sort of um, setup time for you when you get to an event? Like how long before do you normally uh, like leave to, <laughs> to actually get set up to account for these little things that might be going wrong? Yeah. I would say an hour and a half, an hour, I would say an hour and a half, give yourself enough time, Something, especially, but if you are alone, give yourself even more time. Mm-hmm. But for us, because you set up first, you set up the equipment first, and then you have to test. And then when you test, there's something happens. Either the microphone is not working and you have to, you have to reconfigure things or um, the monitor is not turning on. Something happens because you travel with your equipment. Mm-hmm. So something, so give yourself enough time to set up your equipment and then give yourself enough time to actually put the equipment together. Just, just get the show rolling, you know, test mm-hmm. everything, have everything on and all of that. So I would say for us, it typically takes between an hour and an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty cool yeah. you obviously got it down to a <laughs> got it down to an art now. yeah i mean today we had a production and it was i want to say it was a small production because it, it was only three three people mm-hmm. and it was at a very um control environment and it took us an hour and a half mm-hmm. to set up so yeah and what, what sort of event w- was was that that you were covering because we've, we've talked a lot about ecamm but what are some of the other kinds of events that you uh you cover yeah, so for this one, it was a, a show for a customer, one of our clients. They want to, they, they now, um, the, today was the premiere of their first show of a series of shows. So we are producing the show for them. Mm-hmm. And we just, we went to her house and we set up everything. They don't have anything. So we are their production company. So they hired us, a production company, to produce their show. Mm-hmm. And then that's what we do. So we go over and we do all of that. So that was actually not an event. That was a, a show that we produce for someone. Got you. Got you. Right, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And and how about, uh, so we've talked about the off-site stuff, but how about in your, your own studio? I always like to uh, get a sort of behind the scenes uh, look. So I can pull up a, a picture of your setup, but perhaps you can talk us through uh, a little bit about, you know, what you've got going on in your studio and uh, the equipment that you're using and how it's all set up. Yes, that is my studio. So um, my beautiful two lights, which I adore, they are impact 30 inches. So I have two of them, as you see here. There's my beautiful stream deck. Um, I have an iMac 19. And then I also have, so that's an, an iMac, an external monitor. And then I have my M1, which is just the best. Mm-hmm. I have this beautiful Lewitt mic that is an LT440. And, um, 
What else do I have in there? I think that's, oh, you don't see it, but I have a Rockcaster Pro 2. Uh-huh. And um, that's what, it. That's one thing I love about that that I've, oh, I just camera. noticed when oh, I was- Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to mention about the desk. Is that, what, is that a standing desk and it's got like drawers underneath it? Are they like, what, what, what's going on there? They, they look like heavy duty tool drawers almost. This is a husky table. Uh-huh. There's the whole story. Do you see the the video of of us getting the husky table? No, I haven't actually. I have not seen that one. No. Listen, it was it was funny, but it was not funny at the same time because <laughs> I was like, right, this is a big table. This is this is a big table, uh-huh. and I was like, Fulgens, does your Jeep fit this? <laughs> yes, it does. I'm like, okay, so you sure? Yeah, 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 it can fit it. All right, cool. We went, got it. Huge box. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still asking, is this going to fit in your Jeep? And he's like, yeah, 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 it will. And then we're we're taking the 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 big box out. And a gentleman goes, does he need help putting that in the Jeep? Do you think <laughs> it's going to fit? And I'm like, he said, yes. <laughs> he said it's going to fit. Anyway, Alec and you guys, it took a while between the two of them to put this box in, like there's some maneuvering that happened. Mm -hmm. And then the seat was all the way, all the way up. I had to drive. He couldn't drive because he had to put the seat (laughs) all the way to the front. And then I was driving like this. Uh It was, we have that video in the community. You should, it was funny. I'll definitely check that out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh So is that that like a- This table is a husky. Right, right. So is that like, Camera gear, sort of tool drawer type things that you use those for. I have everything. I have my notebook, my planner, my uh-huh. uh, I have my um, white balance card, which by the way, everybody, if you don't have a white balance card, they are the cheapest thing. And the I want to say one is the most important thing because it just balances the color mm-hmm. of your environment and your lighting and everything that makes you look nice. Um, So I have that in here. I have my notebooks my pants so it's like a accessory drawer but cool, it's cool. pretty long it's, yeah i was it's, just looking it's yeah. massive isn't it <laughs> they're massive yeah uh-huh. yeah i yeah i like it they they come with without the drawers but i was like i need drawers i right, need drawers right. in my life uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um and then the, the camera you were just mentioning what's the so what camera are you using in in there Yes, so my camera is a nikon d750 and it has a 2470 2.8 lens in it. And it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Uh-huh. I love Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the aesthetic of your uh, your setup. It looks nice and uh, uh clean Thank and you. just just minimalist enough. Some people go too far with minimalism, yeah. <laughs> but it's just nice and uh, yeah. nice and tidy. <laughs> I love that I've got the uh, the Elgato yeah. Wave arm that you've got there as well. That's a that's been a really uh, solid thing for me as well. The uh, Elgato Wave mic arm. The arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, love loves that loves that thing. It's, it's his. And when I was looking for just, we were trying to figure out a mic situation for me. Um, he said, "Here, you can use this arm because it's really nice and flexible, and it will be out of your way." Mm-hmm. And when I touched it, it's very nice and sturdy. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it feels you really can move solid. It. It's very easy. Yeah, it's very easy to move. It's very easy to just uh, um, maneuver. It's just it's, it's a really good. It's a really good arm. Uh huh. Uh huh. And the the mic there you mentioned is the uh, the Lewitt, but uh, you were just talking before about uh, another wireless mic. And how, how's that one been? The Shure uh, Uniplex is it? The uh, UL four. 
Yeah. And, the Yule oh, 4 is... Go ahead. Is that one that you're looking to use like in-studio, a wireless mic for in-studio, or is that more for sort of out in the field? So it is... Um, I want to use it for... It could be used for both, mm-hmm. but I use it right now for the studio. And it, I really like being hands-free. Right. And that allows me to do that and still produce great sound. Um, the only thing for me is that sometimes I wear uh, clothes that is doesn't really sit well with. Like I will, oh, yeah. I will wear a turtleneck and I'm like, okay. So I have to figure out ways where I could wear any outfit I want <laughs> and still be able to, you know, attach the lapel yes, to yeah. my clothes. So that's something that I'm... I'm you know, watching videos and seeing how multiple ways of using it. But that mic is very, it's, it's awesome. The proximity effect is just very nice. It's right. a very nice mic. They they do make very, good very nice. uh, good stuff, sure do, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. It's, it's just very, very good. And they have it in black and I have it in tan and I believe white. I believe they have it in white. So they have three colors, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the one I mentioned that I've uh, that I've ordered is uh, for the same sort of thing to use in the studio with wireless because I'm starting to do some uh, unboxings and product reviews for Amazon that are larger than fit on my desk, or at least that this is going to get in the way. So that was my reason for doing it. But I've got the same thing about uh, lovely mics, never really knowing uh, the best way to use them or positioning and things like that. But uh, actually, Tom Buck had a video that came out just yesterday as we record this, uh, which was him saying basically the same thing. And he did a full sort of uh, test of a series of uh, lav mics and wireless systems. So uh, I'll be watching uh, watching more of Tom. He's always a, a go-to for these okay. sorts of things as well. So that was a great video to, to check out as well. Okay, I will definitely do that because, yeah, I mean, there's there's a system. There's, there's, there's a plan with using lapel mics, you know, like labs and making sure that they fit nicely and stay, you know, stay still and then still sound good. Yes, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and what would you say is your sort of favorite bit of tech that you've got in your in your studio? Oh my gosh, Alec! Um, <laughs> Jesus, um, it's it's hard to pick, isn't it? With so many cool gadgets, <laughs> it is. I like. I, I'm thinking, like, what would I do? Like, I well, I everything is my favorite. I, I can't choose. I it's, honestly, it's, I, I mean, I, if we if we had to be with need or priority i will say my camera right right but it's like without my computer i can't use i, I like yeah. Imp- i like impossible decision great. It's, <laughs> it's possible like yeah. let's just don't uh-huh. <laughs> ask me ask me ask me what food can i give up right. or, or whatever that's easy but equipment hmm <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I was—I I wouldn't want to live without any of it, but I couldn't, I just couldn't do without the stream deck. Now I've tried it because of the way that that actually is filtered through every aspect of my, uh, uh, my productivity, really, I suppose. Uh, but mm-hmm. I love the Rodecaster, but I know it's a bit of a, bit of a, a, a tough question <laughs> to pick like one thing out of all of them. <laughs> it is, exactly. It is. The stream deck is, uh, once I, I had the stream deck app, and when I first started, and it was good, but then I realized, man, I need my phone because I want to check, you know, and make sure that everything's good. And then um, I got the, the stream deck itself, the mm-hmm. 15 key. Yep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> this yeah. is the best. I mean, I was like, are you? So that was awesome. And then Doc sent me the, then he found out that I had the 15 and he's like, what? And he sent, he sent me the 32. Uh-huh. 
And now I'm like, I will never feel that thing. Listen, it got filled. Within, like, within hours, they get filled up, don't they? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got you. But yes. Yeah, so, but if you needed to start with something and you just wanted to try the Stream Deck, you could definitely just try the 15 key because it still gives you the functionality and it depends on how your, your application is. Yeah. So you have to think about that, but you can create different profiles. And if you have different shows or different things that you do, you create different profiles and that is a way of extending your keys and you can just add folders and that is another way of extending your keys but it's better to just not have to mess with clicking folders yep, and going yep. to another one because when you're on a live stream and you're clicking folders all of a sudden the stream that went back to the previous profile the previous folder and you're clicking something the, yep. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I think there's a great, great advice there about, uh, you know, trying out the the mobile app, because that's what I did as well before I actually bought one. I thought, well, I'll give the mobile app a go and see. And I, I had it for like a day, I swear, before I went and just ordered the thing, because uh, you do get to test out the functionality and sort of see how it works, try out the software. So yeah, trying out the mobile app is a great way to, to go. Uh, I always say as well, though, if, if you're sort of deciding whether to go with the 15 or 32, obviously there's budgetary considerations, but if you think you don't need any more than, you know, six keys or 15 keys, then I might just say that you may not have thought about all of the possibilities that could be opened up to you once you get it. Because that was with me, you know, I didn't necessarily yeah. think I was going to use all 32. And then, yeah, like, same as you. Once, once you get it, you realise there's so many so many other things you can do. And yeah. Yeah, not having to flick between pages and stuff is, uh, is certainly a benefit. For sure, for sure. And then like you can use it for other applications. You can just, you know, instead of using keyboard shortcuts, which keyboard shortcuts are great, but you can yep. also have keyboard shortcuts. You can have Stream Deck buttons for other apps. So it just makes your life a little bit easier once you have a system going on. Oh yeah, totally. I use it with uh, Keyboard Maestro mm -hmm. is the uh, automation app I use on Mac and linking that with Stream Deck just turns it into, you know, a the ultimate power tool, really, for, for productivity on the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also always like to get a book uh, recommendation or ask what you're reading. And you mentioned one that I'd not heard of before called uh, She Sells. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about uh, that book and uh, what, what the book's about and what you've learned from it. Yeah, I mean, She Sells is a book by Megan DePiero, and she's actually an Ecom Life user. Oh, really? And, cool. Um, yeah, I just found out uh, the other day when she she was doing a, a live about the book, and I'm like, wait, that's Egam, <laughs> and then and they're like, we're we're testing it out, we're testing the comments, and I'm like, hello, <laughs> that's right, and, and they're like, oh, we have a comment from Anna Hill. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's great, that's great. So, um, she is a photographer, but she's also an entrepreneur in business, incredible businesswoman. Woman, love this woman's mind. And she just creates systems and different formulas for photographers to try different things and something new. If you want to try different things, depending on the stage of your photography business is in. And it's just a great, great book. Uh, what I have found um, what I have learned from it is just that different formulas to, up, to do different things. Uh, for example, when I used to work in sales a uh, long time ago in technical sales, I worked on commissions and they will every year redesign this commission. And it was the same number, but sometimes it will make it so confusing that I'll be like, listen, I just don't even want to work here anymore. Like, could you just tell me the percentage that I'm going to get so that I can sell? And she goes on explaining how 
that's true also for our customers. Mm -hmm. We just we just meant make it simple for them because a confused mind says no. I mean, you're not gonna if you're confused, you're not making a decision, right? So she talks a lot about that stuff. It's a great book. Great, great, great book. That's cool. Cool that they are an uh, an ecom user as well. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. When I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. Okay, yes, you can teach me a thing. I can teach you another. That's great. <laughs> uh, Becky in the uh, Amazon chat's just saying that they'd, uh, she'd like to start uh, streaming sometime. And uh, I just mentioned in there, just dropped a thing in the, the chat that I always say that the best place to start is with a good mic if you're going to, you know, you want to get your audio uh, sorted. Um, and then a stream deck, obviously. But I am still using a, uh, well, actually, at this stage, it's 11 year old Canon. <laughs> so that's the, the camera that I'm using. Uh, I have actually just got a, a ZV-E10 to add into the mix and a ZV-1 for my top down, but I haven't actually installed it all yet. But um, yeah, I, what's your advice for people who are starting out with, you know, live streaming or covering live events? Uh, and like, you obviously came with a whole load of equipment, you know, from your photography. So you had, you know, a great camera and, and things like that. But what's what's always your advice mm -hmm. to people starting out in terms of how to build things up? Because I always show the behind the scenes of people's studios. Uh, and it's easy to look at that and think like, oh, they've got all of this stuff and it's a cool setup. But what are your what's your advice for people starting out? Yeah, I mean, if you just started now, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if uh, you said Becky. Yes, yep. Becky, Becky has been reading or looking at videos and things like that. If she, and then uh, probably Becky, you have seen people say, just start with what you have. And I do agree with that. So we all have a phone. We all have a phone. We can start with our phones. And once you start with your phone, then you start wondering, can I do X, Y, and Z? Why doesn't my camera look like this? Um, and if your camera looks like specific way that you don't want for example what people like the most is the blurry background and things in the back right that's great for aesthetic purposes but your content can be good i've seen tons of con people and i have watched content from people where they're using a phone and the content is valuable and i'm engaged watching it right so you can have your phone and have a a, a nice setup and you can go on with your um with your, uh, if you're using an iPhone with your head, the same headphones that you're using, cause you have to get started. Mm -hmm. Cause what happens is if you start thinking about, I need a microphone, I need a camera, I need a lens, I need cables. Now I need lighting. Now I need, by that time, sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm not doing a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you get started with what you have and then you get the hang of it and you're like, okay, you know what? I need this. I'm really liking this. I'm going to get invest in this. And then you start building your arsenal like that. So I will say the first thing that you should get once you decide and you have your budget, the first thing you should get is a camera, lens, and lighting, mm -hmm. right? And That's it. the lighting right is away. a big one and as the well. Microphone. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the lighting, I think, can really dramatically change things. So, you know, you could have a, a really high quality camera, but with low, you know, poor lighting, then you know, you're not necessarily going to get a great image. Whereas actually lighting can really improve even, you know, the iPhone camera or, you know, even a, just a, a general webcam. I know someone who was using a, a Logitech Brio webcam for the longest time and they had just great lighting. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't have even known that it was, a, you know, a webcam, even though the Brio is a pretty, pretty good webcam as they go, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was streaming with a, with a webcam for like, what was it? The 920, the Logitech, Logitech 920? C920. I've got one of those yeah. Yeah, over the shoulder shot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, I think every every live streamer has one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say, 
Uh, and I was dreaming with that for a long time. And people thought that I had like all this you know, great equipment and it was because I have this lights and I will make my lights well. And then Ecamm Live, which is a software that we're both using right now, has a great camera effects that allows you mm -hmm. to play around with your colors and to um, the saturation and the contrast, which mm -hmm. will make your picture look a little bit better, even if you don't have like the highest end camera mm -hmm. with great lighting and then you can do some tweaks on it it will make it look good mm -hmm. so um yeah i would say get started just go go for it cool yeah. stuff well apparently uh, she's uh, she's already done tiktok live with a phone so that's uh, that's also one of the biggest hurdles is actually that thing of pressing the button to go live for the first time i know that that can be yeah. uh, one of the biggest barriers isn't it feeling like oh i've got to <laughs> got to go live and there's people but good for you then with your yeah. tiktok so for you what was it what was it about what's your tiktok tell us becky <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what how was it for you alec when you first went live like what, to be what honest with you, do you have? yeah. So when I started my uh, the the channel uh, Take One Tech, you know, eighteen months ago when it was May last year, that wasn't so much of an issue because I'd done you know public speaking and stuff before then. But the first time I actually did a, a real sort of live stream was actually on Facebook, probably uh, six years ago now, five more than, more than six years ago. Uh, but that was really nerve wracking. Actually, the first time to actually press it, you know, feeling like. There could be, you know, anybody watching, even though actually the only people who would, would have been watching would have been people who were in my sort of circle of friends anyway, because it was just on, you know, Facebook into my, uh, you know, my uh, circle of friends. But yeah, it was just a bit, uh, uh, it was a bit nerve wracking to be perfectly honest the, the first time. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> but then you just do it and you realize, <clears throat> excuse me, you realize that, oh yeah, nobody actually cares anyway if you, <laughs> you know, yeah, get, get a few it's, words it's, wrong it's here us. and there. It's, it's, it's weird. We we make this this incredible stories about how people are just going to say X, Y, and Z about us and about whatever. And people are like, okay, whatever. And if they do say, I guess what? I mean, like, okay, you know, you just move on. You continue doing your thing. And which is a whole, a whole, uh, another topic about just, you know, knowing what it is, knowing the value that you're going to bring forward and being really true to that, because that's what's going to carry you through all of those moments when one, you're like, you know what, I really don't want to do this anymore. Uh -huh. Or I really am really tired or I'm, I'm, I'm completely overwhelmed about all of this. All of that is going to your values, your core value, and the reason why you're doing what you're doing will bring you back to basic, meaning back to your original state of, yes, this is the reason why I want to do this. And I'm going to continue to do it. Uh -huh. So, yeah. Uh, another thing about um, uh, Ecamm as well, Ecamm Live being the the software that we're using and the Ecamm Live community, that's a great place to you know help to, if, if you're someone who's not used to, to, to going live, then being able to go live into a community full of people who are, you know, on the same path and, you know, are there mm -hmm. to, to sort of help and give helpful feedback. That's always a, a really valuable thing, I think, for people starting out is, you know, doing something like that. Or, or Laurie is um, uh, leader live every day in, uh, in August, where it's, mm -hmm. you know, there's a sort of structured program to it. I think things like that are great for, uh, for, people, for people getting started. Yeah, and, and and don't forget Vlogmas. Vlogmas, Vlogmas is coming it, yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. Uh, when when is it? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday is December first. Yep. So it's coming up, and Vlogmas is you create something every day during the. It's a video a day. Mm -hmm. They call it a video a day, but and the ecom life community, you can do video or you can just do a photo 
or whatever creation you do that's going to get you to a goal that you want. Um, so you do it every day for four weeks and yeah, you get a chance to win an MV7 cool. microphone, share a microphone if you um, do the entire, participate for the entire month. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Well, that, that's the mic I'm using. That was the first, this and the Stream Deck were the first things that I bought when I was starting my YouTube channel. And I got the MV7 specifically because it's got a USB, so you can plug it straight into your computer. Uh, but then if you do get something like a Rodecaster further on down the line, then it's also got XLR. Uh, which is a sort of a standard mic connection that you can plug it into the uh, the Rodecaster or something else. So uh, yeah, it's sort of future proofed in that respect. So yeah, I really love this love this mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that is a nice little mic. And I'm telling you, all these things like <laughs> when I first started, I was like, they're like, oh, XLR mic, USB mic, and I'm like, oh my god, like why? Like, can you just give me a mic that yep. works with my computer? Like, it really. And that USB mic was one of the first mics I tried. Mm -hmm. And those are the things. So it's, would you say, Alec, for someone who's starting out to start with a with that flexibility? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it means that you're not um, having to think, oh, I've got to buy this. I've got to buy, a, a, you know, some sort of external interface. It's also something else that you've got to uh, figure out. Whereas, you know, a USB mic that plugs straight into the computer, if you're going to use it with streaming software on your computer, then, uh, yeah, it makes, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me to limit the new gear that you need to buy and learn from the outset. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say, because you try both, would you say that it sounds different going XLR and going USB? Uh, I don't know. You you can probably do a bit more tweaking with the Rodecaster, obviously, because it's got more advanced sort of, um, or, or not advanced, but more um, extensive different processing that you can apply to it. But there again, you know, the Sure Motive app, you can do a lot of changes to the the sound of it. But then you can also use, you know, there's free software that you can use for the Mac that you could then use to do further processing on there. So uh, it's just a case of, um, yeah, which which <laughs> which one you want to go for. But certainly starting out with USB makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. I agree. Um, right. Well, I want to be conscious of your time and I could chat with you for hours, but we are running <laughs> over past the top of the hour. So <laughs> I don't want to keep you too long, but. <laughs> Perhaps you can talk a little bit about uh, just where people can find you and uh, what you've got coming up. I've obviously left a link to all of the places in the description uh, for those watching on the replay or uh, listening to the podcast. But uh, what's the easiest way for people to get in touch with you? But your website. Yeah, so the easiest way if you if you <laughs> look at that. That's oh a great gosh. photo. <laughs> my website says a. Oh, thank you. That's a g i l um, photography .com. And that you can find me there to check out photography. If you are around this area, you can go ahead and contact me. I love headshots and I'm really good at it as well. If you are looking for video um, content creation ideas, organization, and things like that in terms of producing, whether you want to produce your own show or you have a show that you're producing for somebody else, you can also give me, um, contact me in my information will be there as well or you can send me an email at ana at anagillstudios.com so that's ana at anagillstudios.com and um yeah we can have a conversation those are all my great pictures <laughs> for branding and things like that so and then also if you do have uh questions about photography itself um, you can also contact me for that and we can um, work out a system for you for photography as well as it can be pricing. It can be 
um, what genre of photographers you would like to concentrate on and things like that for consultation. And if you would like to find us in the Ecom Life community, you can find us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that is where we talk about live streaming trends, things that are happening that are related to the uh, live streamers. And we also um, show you new designs and things like that. And we tell you what is going on in the world of Ecom Live. That's that. And the last place you can find us is a building blocks. And that is where we teach you how to create incredible designs using only Ecamm Live text overlays. Cool. Well, as I, I, I said, it all, right? Like I, that's, that's I, think, it. I think you got it nailed. I've left links to all of that in the uh, description. And also I'll <laughs> leave a link through to uh, your gear page as well, where you list all of the different stuff that you use in the studio and in the field as well. I'll leave a link to that down there as well. But Thank you so much for uh, for coming and chatting today. It's been uh, yeah a long long overdue <laughs> for, for the yes, amount of yes, time we've known so each other. So much. great to actually finally uh, speak face to face, as it were. <laughs> yeah, right. Agree. We did. Like I bet you we see each other and we just be like, "Hey, what's up, Alec?" Just like we greeted each other today. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, it was like, hey, yeah, did we speak? Yeah, I don't think we did. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool so stuff. yes, Alec, thank you so much. And it's day for you. So have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for watching. Cool. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, for watching and uh, listening. If you are listening to the podcast, you may want to come and check out the video. So I've left a link to the video in the description of the podcast uh, to check out the sort of behind the scenes and uh, see uh, Anna's setup there. Uh, thanks so much for watching. I will have, be back next week with another great guest and another great conversation. So uh, I'll see you next time.